hosting for Two Blokes Talking Tech. Proudly provided by Web Central. Now, it's time for Two Blokes Talking Tech. There is a lot going on in technology, as always. The latest news and information about technology. It's fantastic to get these speeds on a mobile phone, isn't it? The speeds on this thing are amazing. Two Blokes Talking Tech. Very nice, snappy performance. It's a good phone. Yeah, there's a few pros and cons with this. With Trevor Long from your tech. Now, my advice to people who like this kind of service is... And Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au. I really like this new service. Gives you that flexibility to hear your music anywhere. Two Blokes Talking Tech. Stephen and Trevor are always providing the best advice. Lots to talk about on Two Blokes Talking Tech. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech. And thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech. Thanks to the good people at Netgear. Netgear.com today. You will tell you more about them shortly. Episode 181, thank you very much for your company and your loyalty if you've been with us over the years as it um, starts to age, <laughs> starting to feel old. Um, and if you're joining us for the first time, welcome. And you're about to get around about 30 minutes of the latest news and information in technology, plus the gibbering opinions of two blokes. Uh, my name's Trevor Long from eftm.com.au and joining me each and every week, the other bloke who we don't do the show without because we are the two blokes, Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au. G'day, mate. G'day, Trevor. Great to be aboard. Episode 181. Uh, very eloquent introduction, mate. I've got to say, yeah, we've been going a long time, but yeah. feel this feeling old business, mate. I think we low profile with that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right here. We're very young. We're new at this technology game, but we think we're very good at it, and we're doing a podcast for the 181st time. Thanks for joining us, and let's get kicking on Two Blokes Talking Tech. So, um, we spoke last week, Wednesday as always, but um, we, weren't, we didn't quite know what Apple was going to announce. They, um, they had an event on early, my God, 4am, Friday morning our time, and um, we got pretty much what we expected with a, little, a hint of a little more. Let's kick it off, mate, with the iPad Air 2 yep. and the iPad Mini 3, both of which were um, unfortunately leaked early, earlier than the event because the user guide for the iPad was updated in the iBook store and... Some keen eyes noticed that the user guide now included all the details about the the iPad Air 2 and the Mini 3, so we had their names and everything. Now, um, we've both uh, just got hands-on with both devices. We won't do full reviews, but in terms of early impressions, look, these are are incremental improvements to the device that, and I want to stress here, the iPad's been around for four and a half years. And when I sit here and I look at the iPad 1, which I use here for all the jingles and stings you hear, they come out of an iPad 1. And I look at it and I go, that's a great device. And then you go, wow, in four and a half years, you can now squeeze two iPads together and have the same thickness as the original iPad. Impressive. It's smaller, but with the same screen size. The screen is just stunning. And, and what they've done to, to end and, or, or reduce reflections is, is amazing in this device. We've now got fingerprint sensor. We've got a processor that is something ridiculous in terms of the, the performance compared to the original. So we've really come a long way. Pricing hasn't changed radically from last year to this. A little bit of um, fluctuation because of the Aussie dollar, but there hasn't been too much furor about that. But, mate, it is pretty amazing to see how thin they've made this device. It is. I think we were speculating that, you know, what more could you do to the product apart from adding the Touch ID, which they did. Mm-hmm. But I think that they've uh, – I'm, I'm impressed with what they've done. I, they've over-delivered, I think, from what I was expecting, put it that way. I think yeah. the, how thin the product is in your hand, it's a re- it really – wow is the first word I, I sort of spoke when I, when I grabbed it in my hand to think that even from a year ago, they've got it, got it a lot thinner than the original iPad Air. Mm. Uh, but I think under the hood, though, plenty of improvements. Uh, the speed of the device, that A8X processor now, desktop class performance. And I think the type of apps that are now being built 
for that architecture and the, and for the device uh, really showcase that power that you know that's in a, in a device that's only six point one millimeters thick. Uh, the camera, which uh, I know we're fans of pe- watching people take photos with, with <laughs> tablets, but I think with the improvements on the camera, I think you're going to see a lot more for people, unfortunately, Trevor, using their iPad as a camera because they've added the slow-mo, time-lapse, uh, the, the panorama shots. They've really gone to town with the camera, bringing it almost up to the same quality as the iPhone 6 and 6 Plus. So uh, that, that's, I think, a pretty decent improvement. I, I agree the reflection, uh, the reflection improvement uh, is really noticeable. I, I'm sort of using it under fluorescent light here, and wow, there's, there's hardly any reflection at all. It's been reduced greatly. So just, just from the, that, that my first impressions of the product, I'm thinking, wow, they've, they've really done a good job with this update. I think the challenge, and I spoke to Apple about this today when, when we went in and had a look at the devices, I think the challenge is, demonstrating the difference and um and you know whether it's the reflections and and yes it's better than it was but it's not ridiculous i mean it's not like there's there's no there's no light showing up in it it's it's just better and it's made to be better in many in many circumstances but you know it's like the performance um i don't intend to suddenly start playing a game on the on the air 2 that i've been playing on the air 1 and, and notice a difference I'm sure there is a difference, but really what this is about, this is not the time to compare year on year. This is a time to compare several years on year because we've talked about this before. Tablets are clearly not an annual thing for consumers. Tablets are potentially a many-year thing. I spoke to people today when I showed them the, the, the iPad Air 2, and they go, oh, that's, that's pretty nice. Um, you know, I've got an iPad 2. And it works fine. And I'm yeah. the same. I've got, we've got a couple of those. The kids still use them. They still work fine. Really, when software starts to struggle, as in updates come that can't be used on the iPad 2, that's when you're kind of forced into that update. And, yeah. and I think I we're getting close to that. Absolutely. I think, though, you've got to remember, you're exactly right. There's a lot of people who use their tablet as just a casual content consumption device that as, as a, in addition to what they're already using, whether it's a desktop or a laptop. But you've got to remember, there's a greater number of people, a huge number of people who are now weighing up whether they buy another laptop or they yep. just use a tablet now. Yep. I think that market, that that's who... The people who will pick this up in the store and say, wow, this can do things that are leaving a laptop can't or the speed of it is impressive. I think they're the people who are going to look at this and think, wow, you know, they're, they're the ones that are going to be in store deciding on whether the, the laptop v. tablet decision, seeing a tablet of this quality I think is going to tip it in their favour and they'll become uh, iPad, Apple iPad customers. And I think the, the kicker there is um, one of my favourite segments uh, in, in, the, in the consumer market for these is the elderly. Um, whether it's you know fifty plus or sixty plus, yeah, there, there's there's an amazing thing to be said about not having to have a computer. <laughs> so, you know, wouldn't wouldn't we love our grandparents to be on the email? Wouldn't we love our grandparents to be on Facebook or whatever it is? Yeah, so much harder to teach your nana who's ninety six. And I'm literally thinking about my nana here. I'm not going to teach her to use a computer, connect to the internet, do all these things, even though it's five step process now, and it used to be a hundred. Turning on an iPad. And pressing one button and pressing my name to FaceTime me, you know this is this is pretty radical stuff, and and yeah, I think that's a huge absolutely. market. And then plus, as you say, especially school kids, you know the the devices and cases you can get for these now that have keyboards in them and different stuff like that, 
make it a very interesting alternative to the laptop for the for the general and, and basic usage. You, you think too, uh, and I can cite an example here from my family. My brother-in-law is a Qantas pilot, mm-hmm. and and the iPad has a habit of kind of transforming the way that certain people and certain professions do things. Like we've obviously in education, it's been incredible, but. Qantas pilots now are given iPads, yeah. so rather than them carrying around massive volumes of flight notes and 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 flight plans and all these things, it's all on a tablet, all yeah. on an iPad. So it it is now, and especially Apple now with their deal with IBM that they partnered with IBM to sort of to carve out a bit more of a, a bit more of the market in the enterprise space. I think you're going to see even more of that as well, uh, and and the fact that it's even more powerful. You know, it's something like 180 times more powerful than the original iPad four and a half years ago. Mm. That speaks volumes, especially when you're appealing to these enterprise customers, the Qantases, the schools, and all these people yep. who are weighing up, well, do we deploy laptops again or, hello, we use iPads? And look, let's just quickly, before we move on, um, let's talk about – look, the iPad Mini 3, to be honest, is not a radical change. In fact, not a lot of conversation about it at Apple today. Um, really, it's it's a similar device with uh, with a touch ID. There's not yep. much change about it. It's, it's, it's not. The same. Um, it's the same. Physically, it's the same. Physically, That's the fine. same. Um, it, had, it doesn't have the A8X processor, so it's not. It doesn't have the power of the iPad Air two. But the iPad Air two is a little different. Not just in in the touch ID. It is thinner, as you said, six point one mil. It also doesn't have the the rocker switch for either. Um, uh-huh. It used to be mute or it used to be lock rotation, whatever you said it to be. Yep. So there is one less kind of button, if you like, on it, which I thought is an interesting thing because I, I kind of well, like that. But now that now that from the, the control center, now that yeah. from the control center you can slide up and do those things, it's not really needed anymore. Well, no, I think it's it's too thin to have it now, I think, the, uh, the iPad. Maybe, yeah. Too thin, I, I think uh... – yeah, that was ditch, and I, I did see that in that in the uh, the slide up from the bottom. Hmm. Those little widgets, those uh, toggle, you can toggle that now. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking at it right now. The uh, rotation switch, and you can silence it as well. In yeah. The same- Menu. Yeah, so that that's always been in the control yep. center. But you remember, the control center didn't exist when the first iPad came out, and it had that button on it. So, Absolutely. a very important change. So, look, it is first impressions from us. Um, all the pricing and 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 whatnot is available on our websites, techguide.com.au and eftm.com.au. Um, I noticed today, Vodafone, I think, mentioned that they've got it in their stores as of today. Um, so, you know, you can basically start looking for it now. Um, but certainly, online orders have been available now for a little while. So, the I- stored already. Well, I, I got a press release from Vodafone saying they were stocking it from October 22. Yeah, I saw that. And you know what, too? Like, I want one observation from the uh, the launch, mm. from, from the event. They never made a specific date no. when the, Apple was, when the uh, iPads were going to be available. No, that's they right. They just said late next week and there was a whole – there was like 35 countries. Yeah. So I, don't, look, I, I walked past the Apple store today yep. and there wasn't a single person waiting in line. So I think that they, they they might have done that just so they don't get a line. And I'm not sure. Look, I can't confirm that it's in the store. I didn't look. But to be clear, bottom line, there's not going to be a day. There's not going to be a queue. It's just available online now, and you'll see it just be in the stores because there's not going to be a rush on this device. This is an incremental change. This is a, a nice new iPad. The old ones are still available in a, in a smaller configuration, the 16 gig and, and whatnot. But... You know they they're not expecting this to sell a billion bloody um, in the first few days. So, but I think uh, a little short little side note as well. I was in JB Hi-Fi yesterday, and they've still got a, a fair amount of stock of the iP the last year's iPad Air, last year's iPad Minis mm. at bargain prices now. So if you're in the market, even a a year old iPad Mini 
at, at that price that they were advertising is fantastic value. Mm. That, that's still a great device, those, uh, those last year's products. All right, check it out, uh, techguide.com.au, eftm.com.au. You're on Two Blokes two Talking blokes Tech. Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Well, this was uh, – we did, did have our speculator hats on last week, and this was one of the things we did. We was not as, not as so much speculating but hoping this was going to be an announcement, and our, and our wish came true. The iMac, the new 27-inch iMac with a retina display. Now, oh. this isn't any old display. This is a 5K display, which is – Rather remarkable. I don't think the world. I don't think there's any other visual. There's no other screen in the world with as much resolution as this that I can record that I can remember. Mm. So here we go with the 5K display, and that yep. is seven times the resolution of the full HD TV in your lounge room. Yeah. <laughs> it's also 67 percent more pixels than a 4K display. Mm. So. This is, uh, and we've both seen it. Uh, it, it is remarkable the quality, uh, but uh, pricing wise, we we knew it was going to be more. But compared to say dedicated four K monitors, that I think it's still pretty reasonable. But the question is though, who's going to buy this? Obviously, there's photographers, videographers, graphic designers, all the professionals. But do you think this is going to appeal to the average customer? Because there's, let's face it, there's no four K content out there at the moment. No. No, definitely no 5K content at the moment. Look, so is this just an embarrassment of riches? You think for pixels for for uh, that Apple have to put on display here? I think you're you're in an in- interesting place because the problem here is that I, like I drool over these devices. I'm happy to admit that I think the iMac is the most beautiful piece of technology on the market. Um, and I ha- had an iMac in in 2010 um, when they released the thin version in 2012. I was pretty much the first to buy one. Um, had to have it. And when I saw this, I thought, I've got to have that. Now, having sat and looked at the Retina display and, and used it for a bit, um, it is beautiful. And the first thing I noticed was just, you know, the time and clock and whatnot up in the in the top right-hand corner of the screen. It just looks so much different, so much more clarity uh, before I even needed to see a website. And it is impressive. But see, for me, someone who does websites, Word, Excel, audio editing, photo editing a little bit, but not for professional printing, I actually don't need it. And I think I need to accept that I don't need it and then go from there upwards. So I don't think it is for everyone. I think it is for people who do strong video editing, um, who do a lot of um, prosumer kind of photography, and people that do print uh, preparation. So when you're doing print, you can see that a photo is bad resolution because you've got a better resolution to see it with. When you're editing video, and think about your GoPros with 4K, I mean, if you're editing a video, these days you're making video in 4K so that you've got the long long life of it. The amazing thing with this display is, for the first time ever, you can edit a 4K video with pixels remaining for your timeline and stuff. <laughs> It is. It's but it, no, it's spot on, mate. I think that, that there's going to be some some people in the market who are going to jump all over this, and it's available now. By the way, it was Absolutely. available since the day it was announced. So this is already in stores. Um, I think that uh, it's not for everyone. It's kind of like that Ferrari that you admire on the street, but you're happy you you, you, you either a can't afford it or b you don't really need it because you've got kids and you need a back seat and stuff like that. Mm. So uh, it's kind of that to me, where you know it'd be great to have it. Yeah, it's beautiful, but. You know, you can probably do without it. But now, if, uh, the reason you really need it, like you're a prosumer, as you mentioned, mm, the reason to buy it is because you're specking your device high. Now, when I bought my iMac, 
I went crazy. I, I, I upgraded the, the processor to the i7 with whatever. I upgraded 32 gig of RAM. I put the three terabyte Fusion in and I got the faster graphics card. Yep. Now, if you do those things today on a standard iMac, 27 inch, $4,049. If you do those same things, the, the i7 processor, 32 gig of RAM, three terabyte Fusion and the faster graphics card on the Retina display, 4500 it's less than $500 difference. Yeah. And I actually think that is stunning value. Well, you know what? I think the, the, the appeal here, and, and I'll just cite an example with my parents. My parents wanted to buy a new TV, and obviously I helped them out. And I Did said, you? That I was nice of you, mate. I, I didn't pay for it. I just helped them select it. <laughs> but um, I, I steered them in the, in, in the direction that they wanted to go, and I thought, look, you know, for the, for the money you're spending, like they bought a 65-inch TV in the end. Hmm. I said, for the money you're spending – why not spend that extra three hundred or four hundred and get Ultra HD? Yeah, because you're fu- you're future proofing that purchase. Yeah. So I think the here again is another example of doing that, where there will be one day four K content, and the fact that it's on a computer, a computer display, you're probably a better chance of seeing content on the computer sooner than you will on a television because mm. you can attach a drive, you can attach easier things to this computer to see that content in all its glory. So. Future proofing definitely will be the reason that I use if and when I'd buy this product. Stand by for full reviews of the uh, iMac with Retina 5K display at uh, eftm.com.au and techguide.com.au and to uh, mum and dad Fennec. Uh, good news. Um, uh, GoPro have a thing called Fetch. So Ziggy Zaggy uh, with 4K uh, GoPros on them. You can get great ultra high definition videos from the back of the dogs. Hello, I've got Hello. I'm using them. I'm, I'm strapping them on them this week. Hello. Stand by for ziggy zaggy, crazy, sick cams because that's going to be some crazy footage. <laughs> Two blokes talking tech. Now, I've got to be honest. This is a this is an issue, uh, a topic co- close to my heart for no other reason than I think it is the future of the internet in many many ways. Health. Yes. Telstra had an announcement today, and I did not expect it to be about health, but it was. And um, and in the end, I thought, oh my god, really health? But then I got quite excited because it is very exciting what they're doing. Look really quickly and broadly. Telstra has created a new business unit called Telstra Health. Shock. Big big effort went into that name. Um, and basically, they've got together. A huge number of experts in the field. Um, they've built relationships with amazing numbers of software providers in this field, and they're trying to create solutions. And they, you know, they're tendering for work and that kind of stuff in the healthcare space. Now, if we reflect back, and, and long-term listeners will know that when we talked about the MBN, Stephen and I were both big fans of the MBN, um, and you know, really felt that it was a piece of infrastructure that, that we needed as a country. This is why. This is why, because for average users to have full connectivity and availability of e-health will change and potentially save millions for the government in Absolutely. healthcare. Now, the number one example of that is a product that has been announced called ReadyCare. Now, ReadyCare is basically a phone system. You, you make a phone call. Uh, you say, you know, I'm, I've got a bit of a cough and I'm sniffing. Should I go to work or whatever? And there's, a, there's kind of a receptionist that kind of vets your call and says, hey, you know what? You've got to go to a doctor. Off you go. Make an appointment with your local doctor. Go away. And, or they say, you know what? Let's, let's put you through to a physician. And, they, and a, a GP then calls you back. Now, that call could come on your computer. That computer call could have, you know, a video call with your doctor. You might have software and, and hardware hooked up to your computer, which has, you know, things from your body, your biometrics or your heart rate, different things. Yep. And, and importantly, 
because of an electronic health record, they, they can see your medical history and they yep. can talk to you online. They can give you a diagnosis and crucially issue you with a prescription, which then saves you the hassle of waiting at a doctor, saves yep. them the time of having you. And, you know, that's, that's, that happens more often than not. The number of, I don't have the numbers with me, but millions of, of prescriptions are handed out every year, 40% of which are repeats. So we don't even need the consultation. Just give me the repeat. Are you still in, in need for it? Yep. You just need to have a conversation. And then there's the hundreds of millions of people who go to the hospital every year for silly things that they don't need to be in the emergency services for. So yeah. well, really well- exciting. Health is a real hot button issue, uh, you know, in politics uh, and now in technology. It's something that obviously everyone's got an interest in it. And you're right that the 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 future, what one of the main uses of the internet of the future is going to be this kind of consultation. Which good to see that Telstra's taken the first step. Uh, it is going to save help, save time, save uh, us crowding doctors' offices. But it does sort of plug in to the growing area we're seeing in other areas of technology where it's 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 all already sort of feeding into the system where the wearables are playing a part, the smart watches with heart rate sensors, you know, our next year's Apple Watch. This whole system and Apple have a, an app now that, that dedicated to this Health kit. where it's going to be a case of, look, prevention is way better than cure. Yeah. So I think that... Great to see Telstra uh, launching this, and it's it's going to be a terrific service. But also at the same time, you're seeing all this other stuff coming through that's going to help us keep on top of our health a lot better than our parents would ever have done. That's right. So it is really it is really uh, enlightening to see, and really positive to see that you know the future's bright when it's going to come to health, and especially with technology like this behind it, and all these other things we're doing. Uh, the the only thing we can see is improvement from now on. I think it's a great great initiative. Good on Telstra for taking the first step, and you know supporting companies like Apple who have also t- taken that step as well. I think uh, you know good for them. We're all going to be healthier in the future, hopefully. And look, to be clear, this is not going to change your life today or tomorrow. But and it's a business for Telstra. They're trying to make money too. But um, crucially, this is going to require a lot of government legislation and stuff too. You can't just hand out prescriptions over the phone. There's a lot of things that need to change. But a great step from Telstra, and we're likely to see a lot of change um, in that area over the uh, years ahead. So, uh, I mean, there'll be a lot of reporting about that. It's called Telstra Health, and you can uh, check it out uh, online very soon. I haven't written about it, but uh, look, you know. It will be on Tech Guide tomorrow. There you go. Techguide.com.au. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. With Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. And we do it all thanks to the good people at Netgear, netgear.com.au. And I've got to tell you, um, uh, I had a call in, in Your Tech Life, the, the podcast that I do, uh, taking calls and talk back from people. And it, it, it was amazing because the caller had a question about, net, about uh, Wi-Fi, had, you know, had the NBN, but was only getting like four or five megabyte downloads on their iPhone. And I took the time to demonstrate you know, over, over the course of the call that if I connect my iPhone, which is wireless AC, to my Netgear Nighthawk, which has the best Wi-Fi possible, I only get two or three meg as well because on one of my networks, I have several Wi-Fi networks, three of them on the Netgear Nighthawk X6. On one of my networks, there's things like scales, switches on my lights, stuff that doesn't need to be fast and therefore slows down every other device. Your Wi-Fi network is only as fast as the other devices on it or the slowest device on it. When I immediately switch my iPhone to the faster wireless network in my home that only the fast devices can connect to, I start getting some serious 
speeds across the network. So you've got to take your network seriously. You've got to understand that there's more than just the router. There's more than just your devices. But the router's a place to start. And the Netgear Nighthawk range, stunning products. The Netgear Nighthawk and the Netgear Nighthawk X6 tri-band router, Great products. If you've got a, um, a future-proof in your home, the, whether you've got network streaming solutions or great devices, check out the full range at netgear.com.au. And, mate, just a quick one now. I noticed a little uh, press release this week from VoiceBite. <laughs> um, this is really exciting for you. Um, we should disclose that you and your brother, Michael, are, um, are the co-founders of, of the app called VoiceBite, which we've talked about before, and I use it a bit, um, where you can send uh, short um, voice messages to, to either broadcast via social media or to individual friends. And uh, you've announced this week that that app is going to be pre-installed on Alcatel devices sold in Australia. That's right, yeah. Uh, exciting news for us. Uh, this partnership uh, r- really, really uh, w- sort of came came through about a month ago. We formalised it. Alcatel One Touch, which is actually a shorts sponsor for this mighty South Sydney Rabbitohs. Oh, They've partnered with us on VoiceBite and agreed to preload our VoiceBite app, which is also not only iOS, but also, of course, Android, uh, on their Australia and New Zealand devices. Now, Alcatel One Touch, the fifth largest smartphone manufacturer in the world, mm. and they sell more than a million devices in Australia per year. So really good to see that people are going to have an opportunity to use our humble little app uh, straight away on their devices and uh, it'll be there waiting for them once they uh, turn it on. So if you're in the market for a new mobile phone and you want the greatest uh, audio social network possible, and that's me talking, not Stephen, uh, check out Alcatel's range and uh, you can check them out. They're available at a couple of the uh, the mobile companies, aren't they, mate? That's right, yeah. Optus uh, have got the Pop S3. Uh, that's only one ninety nine. Telstra also uh, about to uh, range some Alcatel products as well. And they will all have the lovely VoiceBite app on board. You can't miss it. The little uh, the little VoiceBite right there, pre-installed on your Alcatel mobile phone. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Well, there's been a lot of talk uh, so far on the program about Apple and uh, what they've been up to. Well, let's go to the other side of uh, the spectrum now and talk about Google and uh, what they're doing with Android. They've released uh, Android 5.0 Lollipop, and it was only on this show when I discovered, I think you uh, sort of made made me realize that the operating systems are obviously named after different confectionaries in alphabetical order. Mm-hmm. So we had KitKat before, we've got Lollipop now, we're getting it. So Android 5.0 Lollipop uh, is going to be released, obviously, on Google's own products, the Nexus 6 smartphone, 6-inch screen, 13-megapixel camera, the Nexus 9 device as well, the tablet, which is manufactured by HTC, by the way. The phone is manufactured by Motorola. Uh, it's got an 8.9-inch screen, 64-bit, 22.3 gigahertz processor, and also running Android 5.0. I've listed them on Tech Guide. A lot of uh, new features here, some improvements uh, in terms of design, uh, how we get receive our notifications. There's even a way, I think there's a really cool feature called device sharing. So say you and I are together somewhere, I'm thinking, damn, I forgot my phone. Hmm. You're using an Android phone running Lollipop. I could borrow your phone, log you out of the phone, and log myself into it. And that will then load all of my messages, my photos, right there on your phone because I've logged into it. So that's a pretty handy wow. new feature. Uh, on the security front, I think this is important. Android's been been uh, uh, identified as a potential security risk for certain apps. So it's good to see that they're taking some initiative there. Quick settings have also been changed, so easier to toggle things off, on and off like Wi-Fi, Bluetooth 
connectivities are improving through through uh, the cellular connections constantly. So it's easier to say when you say move from a cellular connection to a Wi-Fi connection and vice versa, uh, you'll find that it's a very limited interruption, a more seamless experience there. And on the performance side, apps are going to run a bit quicker, uh, up to four times faster. So they've what they've done is they're able to compact apps running in the background. So it makes multitasking a bit easier, a bit quicker. Uh, and battery life, good good uh, news there. Uh, that you're going to see uh, a lot of improvements here, up to nearly two hours extra battery life because of the uh, the efficiencies they've discovered in the operating system. So, well, look, I think it's wonderful. Uh, I think it's yep. wonderful, but I'm filthy. <laughs> Why is that, Trev? What's wrong with Lamington? <laughs> That's the, that should have been dropped in the suggestion box, mate. I think it would have oh, been. Oh, listen, I'm pretty sure we mentioned it here. I'm too very, straight. very unhappy that Google clearly not listening intently uh, to two blokes talking tech. And <laughs> it also shows, in my view, that Google Australia doesn't have the clout that we may have thought they did. They may have invented Google Maps, but yep. they haven't been able to crack it for a Google Lamington. So yeah, I think they should have pushed harder for that. But yeah. uh, I think uh, when Apple pointed this out uh, the other day at their event about the penetration of the latest Google operating systems, mm. and I think the, the KitKat operating system is only on like about 20% of devices. Shocking. So it's, it's for those who've just bought a, 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 an Android device running KitKat, or possibly the even the earlier the earlier um, operating system, then this is might take some time to come through, if at all. So that, that that's the real thing I think that, that Apple has over Android is that the path to upgrade is a lot smoother and a lot easier. It's a bit more complicated when you've got all these other manufacturers, all these other UIs on top of it. Uh, it does complicate the matter a little bit. Um, it, to me, looks like a fantastic operating system. I can't wait to get my hands on one of those Nexus devices to try it out. Mm. But for those of you listening with Android devices, unfortunately, you may be stuck with your current version and may need to buy a new device to get Lollipop. That's the matter of the beast when it comes to Android, but uh, people know that already, and it's an unfortunate thing, but I don't think Google can change it too well because of the way they deal with the uh, the manufacturers and, and the carriers. But uh, anyway, uh, full details, techguide.com.au. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. With Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Uh, now, Spotify, streaming music service, uh, you know, eleven ninety nine a month, not a bad deal for unlimited music, but, you know, there's a problem, Stephen, and that is that... <laughs> I apparently, I mean, it doesn't happen in my family, but apparently some families don't share music tastes. Oh, well, let's let's ring the newspapers. Are you serious? <laughs> now, look, actually, it's a funny thing because, and this is a genuinely true story, uh, when my wife and I were first going out, um, we, we described our relationship as having fundamental differences because oh. she was a massive fan of, of kind of, you know, weird, crazy music like Machine Gun, Fallacia, a huge Aussie little band. <laughs> no, mate, it's a good band. Yeah, Get into I've it. I've heard of them, yeah. Yeah, um, we played them at the wedding, and uh, and I'm a massive fan of a little bloke called John Farnham, and they yeah. are a little bit different in their in their styles, um, you know, so basically fundamental differences. And my wife, seriously, we basically can't listen to music. I'm glad we've got kids because we listen to the Wiggles in the car. Um, <laughs> so, you know, me having Spotify playlists is probably annoying to her, and so the idea here is that you create family accounts 
uh, and every family member basically that you add on is kind of fifty percent discount on 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 the yeah. price. I think it's a great idea, and uh, you know, as you said, not everyone's tastes are the same. Like I, I don't really want to be listening to One Direction and Miley Cyrus, you know, that, that my daughter enjoys listening to, uh, and no, no doubt my kids don't want to be listening to the type of music I like to hear. Although my son Aaron, who's seventeen, nearly eighteen, I, I walk past his room. I've told him to turn his music down a few times, but the times I did hear his music. Uh, he was been playing uh, older songs like you know Stevie Wonder and Jimi Hendrix, and yeah. so it's good to see that he's exploring those uh, those. And he has his own Spotify account, I must say. Yeah, so that's how he's able to do that. The fact that now, as a family, you want to have the pro, the premium account, uh, up to five family members, you can uh, is thirty five ninety nine a month. That's for five people, which is pretty good. Uh, and as you mentioned, the more people you add on. The cheaper it is, so eleven ninety nine to start with, and then it's basically an extra six bucks for every person you want to add on to the service. Not bad at all. Check it out. Um, Stephen's got the pricing at techguide.com.au. All right, let's wrap it up with a couple of minute reviews. And uh, I actually quite quite a fan of the technology in your first product, the Jabra Sport Pulse. Yeah, these are uh, headphones that can also read your heart rate, hence the name Sports Pulse. Now, before this product, this type of product was even created, the only way you could get your heart rate on the go was with a uncomfortable heart strap you know, around your chest. And you'd ha- if you want to hear music at the same time, you had to have a different device and headphones as well. So what this has done, it's actually put everything in one product. It's done a really good job. It's The heart rate is taken from your the left ear, so it can detect the blood flow in your ear. Which is then then uh, is is your works out to be your heart rate, um, and obviously your music is piped through as well. But I think the strength of this product is the fact that it has a companion app called Sport Life, Jabra Sport Life, that supports it. So it can give you and look on the audio front, the music's above average. I think it's it's really good quality sound. I'm, I'm a fan of Jabra earphones; they do a really good job uh, with their audio quality. So uh, you know, not not really not sort of boast quality, but not far off it. You get a lot of bang for your buck. But in terms of the the health aspect of this, if you want to you know keep in keep in shape, you can easily track your runs. You can you can even set a zone training. So if you want to say a fat burning workout, that requires that you have to be at a certain. Uh, you need to get your heart rate to a certain level. So this can be in your ear like a personal trainer through this app telling you, look, you need to pick it up a bit or you know slow down or you're on track. So it is like a personal trainer in your ear. It's it's more than just an audio product. Uh, it, this this is a, a become a health product as well. One downside, pairing it was a little difficult because there it appears twice in your list. So you really need to put in you need to pair it twice once for the audio side, once for the heart rate side. Wasn't very well explained in the included instructions. There was a piece of paper with my review unit to explain that I had to do this. So maybe some frustrating users out there who aren't realizing that you need to pair that twice. But look, overall, I think a great product if, you, if you're into your health, if you're into training, listening to music, this can take it to the next level. The app is excellent as well. It can, can pipe your music in into that one app as well. Uh, $249, the Jabra Sport Pulse wireless earphones. My advice don't use them when you're mowing the lawns. I used the Jabra Sport Pulse while I was mowing the lawns. She was nagging me. She's going, pick up the pace, Trev. And I'm going, I'm mowing the lawns. Anyway, very cool product, though. Very cool technology. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. With Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. And uh, some wireless uh, hard drive. 
That's right, yeah. WD, otherwise known as Western Digital, the My Passport Wireless. Now, this is a portable hard drive with a difference. Now, it's slightly fatter than your normal uh, portable drive, and that, that, that the reason for that is because there's, an, there's a built-in Wi-Fi network. So it, gener- it broadcasts its own little Wi-Fi network so that you can actually connect to the device and stream the content to your smartphone, to your tablet, to your computer, um, up to eight devices can link to this product at the same time. It also has a USB 3.0 cable, so it can be connected physically uh, and be used like any other external hard drive. But that wireless connectivity, and it works through an app, an iOS app, an Android app, or just through a browser on your computer, uh, is is a, a great feature. Uh, I think I'm thinking of you and on on a road trip with your kids, yeah. Trev. If you've got the My Passport wireless, they can stream their own wiggles, their own videos, whatever they want to their particular device. So everyone's happy. One terabyte, two terabyte capacities. But what I really like about this, what really puts this over the top, is there's an SD card slot on board as well. So what you can do, you can do two things. You can, A, if you've got some content on an SD card, slot it in there and you can stream that content through the Wi-Fi network. Or B, if you're on your travels or you're a professional photographer, you can stick that SD card in, dump all the content onto the drive, then take the SD card out, delete it and start again. So you can save on the run all your content without having to reach for a laptop, without having to connect to a computer. So that's another cool thing as well. It's also got FTP, uh, file transfer protocol. So if you've got a compatible wireless camera, you can even transfer in real time photos from the camera to the drive, which is just a godsend for photographers out in the field. Mm. The WD My Passport Wireless, it's got an internal battery that runs for about six hours, so plenty of time, uh, and has great apps as well to access that content. Priced at $249.99 for the one terabyte, $299.99 for the two terabyte. That's the WD My Passport Wireless. Check it out at techguide.com.au. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long. And mate, that's a wrap. That's everything for this week. Uh, Stack there, and uh, obviously there'll be more next week because the tech world never stops spinning is what I've discovered. Uh, yes. You can follow Stephen Lai on Twitter at Stephen Fennick with a PH at Trevor Long. Uh, check out everything Stephen gets up to at techguide.com.au and some exciting news coming there soon. And uh, for me at eftm.com.au. And, of course, if you want to talk to us on Twitter, we love hearing from you. And uh, grab us both uh, at Trevor Long, at Stephen Fennick, and use the Ziggy Zaggy hashtag. Uh, thank you to those who, who do that every week. And some very cool suggestions, which I'm contemplating taking on board there from our mate, uh, was it TARDIS, I think? Yeah, TARDIS. So um, we, we, we're, I'm a big fan of that, and I'm thinking that might uh, that might shake things up in the um, when we get to the round the 200s. We might have some, uh, some good new content and shows here going on. So thank you very much for your suggestions. Always welcome to them. And, uh, Stephen, we'll be back next week. Talk to you then. Certainly will, mate. Thanks for that. See you next week. 